Hey y'all, this is Daniel Kyrie. I play Darren Ritter on Chicago Fire, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. This thing makes the entire family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhards, welcome to episode 230 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today, we are covering Chicago Fire season three, episode eight. This is called Chopper. I mean, it's the one with the helicopter, but I think the episode title just kind of gives that away. Yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, this is a really fun old school episode. I always go back and enjoy. I This is an episode definitely that I've seen multiple times and I, I love going back and watching this one. Yeah, this is when Fire had that perfect balance of, you know, the calls and the comedy. And well, I guess I guess it's not really fair to say that. I guess they still do retain that balance. Yeah, it's just I mean, it's different. Obviously, you have a different cast of characters. Mm-hmm. You have, I mean, it's just different. You know, our characters now are grown up and it's just it's just different. I mean, they were just. I think it's fair to say they were very young and jovial back then, not to say mm-hmm. that they're not now, but they've matured in a lot of ways too. So it's just different. Yeah. Very different, but enjoyable. Really enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I would say that this, this call in particular, this is kind of on par with what you would see on 911. <laughs> yeah. It's like definitely, but it's also not like unrealistic either that right. like, it's not 911 and that animals got lost from the zoo and and not to say that 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 hasn't happened in the world of course it has but like you know or a tsunami crashes down in California I mean Santa Monica Pier yeah I mean but a helicopter crashing is very much realistic and Mm -hmm. it definitely happens so yes it's the closest to 911 that they've gotten but it's not like completely outlandish no and if that's the closest we've gotten we're doing pretty damn good yeah, and I guess I should say this came before 911. So 911 copied this and took it to the extreme. Is that what we're going with? Yeah, I think so. 911 took this and multiplied it by about infinity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, when when we were in LA in February, I'm not going to lie, we went to the Santa Monica Pier and I was like, like as we walked around it, I was like, is this the bench where Christopher and Buck sat? No, maybe it's this one. No, maybe it's this one. I'm pathetic. Yeah, yeah I, I would be, honestly, though, I don't think whenever I get to Santa Monica Pier, I've never been to California, but I know I want to go and I want to go there one day. I'm like, I'm going to think the same thing, too. So it's fine. I definitely had a moment of just staring at the Ferris wheel and just being like, man, they took this thing out on 911. Like, I definitely had a moment of just absorbing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So we don't have any news. We're still in that period of hiatus where it's just bliss. There's no news, like nothing concrete. And it's just behind the scenes stuff. And I cannot believe the level of content that is coming out of the PD camp this year. I it's like I don't even I mean, I've been around in this fandom now for six years. This will be my seventh season. I don't ever remember a time I feel like we've gotten this much content. So much stuff. It's like they've all rediscovered social media. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that thing that we're supposed to be on to engage with our fans. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's do that. So the latest update, because you know, we we take the news section to talk about the behind the scenes stuff while we're on hiatus. It's the fun thing that we get to do, right? Yeah. The latest news, because it is Wednesday when we record this, we got an upstead selfie today. We got another upstead selfie. Another. Uh I know my mind is blown that we got more than one 
And you know what's crazy too? I was thinking about this and I think part of the reason why we feel like we're getting so much content is the last two seasons with COVID, we really haven't been able to get, you know, actors have had to be separated and, you know, fans can't go and watch filming as closely as they have. So I think not to say that it's back to normal because I don't think it'll ever be back to normal. It's a new normal. Yeah. But like, it's the closest that we're going to ever get to like 2019, 2020 level of filming and fan and you know fans being able to watch and like that's really helped the content too right it's I'm not gonna lie I had a serious dose of FOMO the other day like uh one of our patrons Erin hi Erin I know you're listening um she (laughs) she's on her trip to Chicago this week I'm so jealous oh so jealous I know and uh Berzik was shooting at a mall I think on Tuesday or Monday one of the days yesterday no and because um, Tracy and Jesse were there too. I think that's where she met them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, just seeing the behind the scenes video of, you know, Aaron and her friend Barb with Tracy and Jesse, and then the video of Patty and Marina filming a take outside. I had such bad FOMO. I was like, why am I here in my home state right now? Why am I not there? It makes like, me want to go so bad. Same, same. I just, I and we keep s- saying that, but you know. we actually kind of talked today about trying to make it happen in the spring. And I, think we're gonna have to actually like put those plans into action we have to I have Chicago withdrawals and they're bad I do too it's been way too long it's been three years yeah three years that's just no 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 it can't yeah yeah no I miss it I miss it so much yeah I just want to go to filming so bad (laughs) so bad so bad and I was looking at the Chicago Broadway schedule because I know they had some plays coming that like we're not getting here that I wanted to see. But Jagged Little Pill comes in April, but I think that's going to cut it too close. Yeah. That's when they wrap. Yeah. March is when. March. March. Because yeah. then like it won't be too cold, but it won't be too hot. It'll be comfortable. It may still be cold. Well, I can't okay. guarantee it's. It may still be cold, but like I can handle the cold. I, I can too. I will complain about it, but I can handle it. I'd rather handle the cold than the hot. So I'll take it. I mean, the the very, very first time I went to filming in 2016, it was 40 degrees out and I was just wearing a hoodie, not like an over the head hoodie, but like a jacket hoodie. It was flimsy AF, but I also was like, nothing is keeping me from (laughs) this moment right now. Like nothing is keeping me from leaving Chicago PD filming. Yeah. Oh, the days. Oh, the days. And that was when, that was also when we found out that Nick Wexler was joining the cast because yeah. was filming and everybody was like, who's that other guy? And I didn't even miss a beat. And I was like, is that Nick? <laughs> like totally oh, forgetting that times. there weren't any other ATX people around. It's like, yeah. I, and I didn't know, I hadn't been to ATX at that point, so I didn't really know who Nick was. So yeah. you telling me you had nothing to, yeah. When Chicago filming is like, I, I will freeze for that. That, that is the one thing that I'm like, I don't care if I'm wearing a bikini and it's 20 degrees out. I'm sticking out here. Like we're going, it's happening this year. It's happening. Oh, it's totally happening. It has to happen. I miss Chicago so much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. The withdrawals are so bad, but we got an upstead selfie. Luch has been posting nonstop, which is amazing. We got the fit, the half family photo. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, it was everybody except for Platt and Torres and Berzik. Yeah. It was, a yeah. so it was Jesse half Tracy. family photo. Yeah. Jesse, Tracy, Jason, LaRoyce, LaRoyce. and Luch. Luch. Yeah. 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 So the fire camp's been serving too, you know, yeah, not as much re- this week, but they've been serving. They've been serving. Um, Alberto and Hanukkah were playing Frisbee the other day. Yes. That was cute. 
That was cute. Yeah. Um, there was that one shot that Miranda posted on her story of Kara and Hanako, and Hanako was wearing Gallo's jacket. I don't think there's. I. I think, I think Hanukkah she was, was just, cold and Alberto gave her his yeah, jacket. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I think that's Hanukkah wearing Alberto's jacket, not Violet wearing Gala's jacket. Yeah, yeah. So just just hashtag blessed. Now, if the med kids could post a little bit more, that would be great. Yeah, I saw that guy went live last night, last night being Tuesday when we're because we're recording this on Wednesday, but I didn't get to tune. I missed the notification. I saw the notification and then by the time I went to Instagram, I had missed it. But so so I, I caught know. it. I caught it at the end, and I was on my personal account, and he was on live, and I was like, you know what? Let me switch to the the pod account and see if I can just like say something funny or whatever. And I go to switch to the pod account. The minute I get there, he's like, all right, guys, bye. I was like, no. I don't yeah. Know. Do wait. Do we think he? Do we think he's just like later gramming? Is he not filming? What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what the, what's going on over there? We've had one. There was that one video of Jesse Shram in a hospital gown. Why was she in a gown? That's right. We didn't talk about this. Why was she in a gown? I don't know. And that's it. That's literally the only thing we know about men. I hate, I hate to say it, but like, I'm going to laugh so hard if she got hurt in that fire, because it means Will just was like, peace. Like, it but means- she wasn't even at the fire. But it was in Will's building and she lives in Will's building. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to laugh, not because she got hurt. I'm not that mean. It just means that Will completely forgot about her and just left her high and dry. Okay. And was like, Peace that, out. Was, that was last week, right? That mm-hmm. video came out. Yeah. What are we think we're on episode two? Are we on three yet? We're on two, right? Probably. PD is on two. I don't know about fire, but I am. Well, fire and med went back started before they started before pd they've all got to be on two now yeah that's what i'm saying so who knows okay look all i'm saying is that if 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 what i'm thinking is true and will really did just like leave her and be like hope she found her way out and she got hurt that's gonna screw up any chance of them ever getting back together if i'm hannah oh yeah well i don't think at this point hannah is thinking about that either so you know, they just started it over as friends. That's like kind of where we left them. Yeah. So. Why? I have questions. I mean, like, <laughs> it, there, there's no like, there's no other reason for why she was in a gown. She's in a gown because she was a patient at med in that episode. Right. It's not like you said, oh, she's wearing scrubs. And then in the behind the scenes video, she's wearing her white doctor's jacket or something like that. Right. It's not like that. I mean, she is wearing a gown. She didn't have pants on under it or anything. I mean, she is wearing the gown. I don't know. It would be so on brand for Will to leave Hannah in the fire. But for Hannah's sake, I don't want Hannah getting hurt in the fire. No, no I don't want her getting hurt either. I no, I, I don't either. I mean, she's she's a queen. She like she left the show and came back a brand new person. Like we should yeah, all and I love her. Stan Hannah Asher, like big time. But also, I, I don't want her to get hurt either. I just want to laugh at Will. And then yeah, I want to talk to Nick and be like, why did Will leave Hannah in the damn fire? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Defend your character. Go. <laughs> oh, man. Med's going to be a great time this year. We're off to a great start. We're off to a great Med's going to be great this year. We don't know anything, but Med's going to be great this year. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is true. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> great start. Great start. All right. So uh, that's all the news we've got. 
obviously you guys know if you see anything just send it to us um yeah just it's it's that it's that really nice part of hiatus where you know whatever we want to be news is news yeah so I also can't get over just how happy the PD kids seem to be back on set. They all look so genuinely just like thrilled. Rejuvenated. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's really, it's really great to see all the content from that camp. It really, it's really been, I think it's been refreshing as a viewer because these last two years of like barely having any content and PD being as dark as it is. And, you know, just all the things that, not that. I don't know. Just something about it just makes me feel excited about PD this year. I don't know why, but Same. it just, and the content, the behind the scenes content has added to my excitement for the shows coming back. I wonder what the theme is going to be this year. Cause you know how like season eight was reform season nine was kind of family. I wonder what they're going to choose as a theme. I don't know. Or if they are, are they even doing that this year? I mean, I, I'd assume so. That seems to be kind of Gwen's thing, but I don't know. Are they doing that even this year? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Bestie Gwen, if you're out there, we don't bite. Come on the podcast. Please. We just want to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. So we have two patron shout outs, which is awesome. We had a really fun live watch last week uh, mm-hmm. where we watched Third Watch season one, episode two. Third Watch being like the OG one Chicago show from 1999. And uh, it's a lot. It was eye opening that episode we watched. It's a lot. Believe it or not, we found a character who might actually be worse than Hank Voigt. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. M- maybe. We had fun. We had a good time on our live watch. It was definitely a good time. And um, most of our live watches, the way they go is that like we talk for like ever. Then we're like, oh, we should probably watch the episode. And then we watch the episode and then we talk forever. And that's usually how it goes. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So our two newest patrons, um, first one up is Martha. I'm not going to try that last name. I don't want to mess it up. So Martha, welcome to the fam. So glad you're here. Can't wait to meet you on a live watch and all that good stuff. And next up, we have Tony Persico. Is that how you? I hope. I hope I said that right. Um, but Tony, welcome, welcome, welcome to the fam. We are so glad you are here. So glad. So glad. So yeah, if you guys would like to become a patron and support the pod for as little as $2 a month, please check the link in our socials. We have so much fun stuff there. Uh, but again, I mean, we say it every week because it's true. The Facebook group is the best part. There's about 90 of us and we just chat all day, every day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it's not even just one Chicago stuff. We, we talk no, about it's like life. Too. Yeah. Yeah, all, all kinds of life stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of good stuff. But yeah, check the link in our socials. There's a discount to the merch store, uh, bonus episodes, all sorts of fun stuff there. So yeah, definitely check that out and let us know if you have questions. Patreon group is fun. Really fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Without further ado, shall we jump into the episode? Let's do it. Season three. Mm-hmm. This was forever ago. Yeah. Forever ago. If the show started in 2012, this was what, 2014? Yeah, I guess depending on what mid-season, you know, where mid-season. But yeah, I think this would have been 2014. This is crazy. That's crazy. Like, I think back to where I was in 2014 compared to where I am now. And I'm like, those are two different people. Two different yeah. people watching the same show. Well, and there's a, so there's two things that popped in my head. One, I had to, it took me a while. I mean, it took me a second to remember like, oh yeah, Brett's like brand new at this point. Yeah. And the second thing is at one point, and it's not important to the episode, but at one point, 
Herman makes a comment about like, you know, following up with Chicago Med. And I was like, wait a second. Med isn't even a show at this point. I know. They hadn't even had their backdoor pilot at this point. They're not that even comes at the end of the season. Not even like a twinkle in Dick Wolf's eye. Yeah. Well, I think at this point they were because they were planning probably for a backdoor pilot later this year, but like it was starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's about as close to med as we're going to get is a reference to it existing. I think at one point uh, Mills calls it Chicago Medical. <laughs> so that just shows you how not on the radar it was. Yeah. Funny. But yeah, just to give you an idea of where we are in the timeline. So it's it's season three, episode eight. So we know Shay is gone. It's still pretty fresh. Severide went off to Vegas and came back married. Yeah. Last Brittany. episode. So this is very fresh. We are in the Britney era. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Donna is pregnant with Terrence. Mm-hmm. That's going on. Gabby and Casey are kind of working it out because Gabby is a firefighter. This is the Gabby firefighter era. Right. But they're engaged at this point, right? I think. Because didn't they get engaged at the end of season two, three, but they haven't broken up yet, obviously. Because remember, you- they they break up between this and the backdoor pilot because they have the, you know, oh, God, thanks God we're still alive sex at the backdoor pilot. I So he reproposes early in season three, right? Right. So, so yeah, I think so they are engaged, but then they break up again, I think, in the in the mid-season. Right, between this episode and the backdoor pilot, because then they have sex again in the backdoor pilot, remember? Right, right, right. So yeah, so the Dossies are engaged, but also Gabby just became a firefighter, so they're still, they're professionally, they're having a tough time. Yeah, and yeah. we've got Mills still around, which like, I miss him so much. Yeah, it just and this episode just makes me realize too, like kind of the force. It you know it reminded me of it foreshadows kind of I feel like what's to come, and it just makes me sad about how all that ended. And I was thinking at some point we should do like his last episode because I really want to rant about how it ended. Oh my god, we really should. We really. Should. I really just want to rant about how it ended because like I hate that ending so much. I'm with you, actually. I think I I want to go back and rewatch that. Good idea, Bryna. Good idea. I got you. Yeah. So let's start off with Bowden and Donna. Bowden and Donna. Brian, do you want to start us off? Sure. So episode kicks off with Bowden and Donna. Of course, that's why we're starting with Bowden and Donna. Um, they're at a doctor's appointment checking on the baby. Everything seems to be going okay. And then the doctor notices something. So that's got them a little on high alert. Um, and so then we go back to 51 and Bowden is having a little BFF chat with Herman in his office. And it turns out that there was something to be concerned about. Donna has what's called placenta previa. Mm-hmm. And it basically, it puts her in a high risk category for having like a life risking hemorrhage in the third trimester. And so Bowden's like really worried. Um, and at this point, it's just like all stress. And then basically we skip and 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 we we go to the end of the episode. And again, Bowden is dealing with the stress of the accident. So that's really what's on his mind. But he's also stressing about Donna. And at the end of the episode, after shift, Herman finds Bowden on his way out and we get this little scene. I want you to know something. The woman we saved, she was minding her own business. And then the hand of God... Dropped the helicopter rotor on her. What's your point, Herman? 
When she was in the thick of it, she thought for sure she was a goner. I followed up with Chicago men. The lady's out of the red. Guess what I'm trying to say is dark skies don't always mean rain. I just love a good Herman piece of advice, life chat, pep talk, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We um we we need merch that says dark skies don't always mean mean rain. Yes. Yes. I completely really, we forgot just about need, this like, quote. Really, we just need like a Herman motivational calendar or something like that with all of Herman's best quotes. That's an amazing idea. Because Herman just has the best stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that. Li- I love that line about dark skies don't always mean rain. I completely forgot that he said that. And most of Herman's like pearls of wisdom always stick out. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because it's true. I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do. And you can't anticipate everything that's going to happen. And sometimes when you think bad things are going to happen, it doesn't always mean that they actually follow through either. You can't worry about so much about what's coming. He is so wise and calm for a man who has like, what, six kids, five kids? Yeah. If, speaking of, we were talking about 911 earlier, if Chicago Fire was like 911 and did Begins episodes, I would want to see a Herman Begins episode. Oh, hell yes. Right? Wouldn't that be amazing? I would take an entire season of Begins episodes. Okay, maybe not an entire season, but like, I want to see I would take a lot. There's everybody. There were so many I would like, yeah. Yeah. But like Herman and Mouch would probably close at the top of the list. Well, Herman, Mouch, I want to see Kelly growing up with Benny and like how, you know, he worked his way into being a fireman. I want to yeah. see all of it. Every single character. Give I, th- me I would love begins. to see every single character, but the ones that I'm, cur- I guess, more curious about is like, we know a little bit about Kelly's backstory and we know a little bit about Casey's back, you know, like Casey's backstory. Like there are some characters we know more about their backstories than others. Mm-hmm. So like I can kind of fill in those gaps myself. Yeah. But like, I don't know anything about Herman's backstory, how he became a firefighter, what his life was like before the fact that he married Cindy and had, but we don't even know. Do we know how he and Cindy met? I don't think so. See, that's what I'm saying. I need a Herman's begin, a Herman begins episode. Yeah. I, I like it. to think they were high school sweethearts. Yeah. If not high school, you know, like early, like young love sweethearts for, you know, for sure. We should jot that question down if we ever get to talk to David again. Oh, yeah. I like that one. I'd like to hear what he, he would say on that one. Oh, man. Yeah. It'd be so good. You can tell that we're getting ready for the new season because we're all just like, <laughs> we're just so eager to like talk to everybody. Like that itch is coming back of like covering everything new. Yeah. yeah. Again, summer was definitely needed, but now we're ready. <laughs> now we're ready. We are ready for yeah. sure. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so this, the Bowden and Donna stuff just kind of ends with Bowden basically rushes from shift to Donna's a sec, another doctor appointment for Donna. And she just admits to him that she's, you know, terrified of the truth and like what's going to happen. And Bowden just reassures her that like, you know, she's going to be fine. The baby's going to be fine. Like they're both going to be okay. And he's just like, don't ask me how I know. He's like, I just know. And then she whispers, because earlier on in that first doctor scene, you know, the doctor mentions something about, oh, we can find out the gender if you want to know. And Bowden wanted to know, but Donna didn't. So Bowden's like, fine, you know, we'll just wait. And at this point, so at the end of the episode, she then whispers after he says that he's like, you know, that they're having a boy. And she's like, I knew you wanted to know, but she's like, so I just found out and I wanted to be the one that told you. And it's just, it's such a cute moment. 
So cute. I have friends who have waited until the baby was born. I could not do that. I'm a planner. I need to know. Yeah, I could never. I would not want to. I, I wouldn't want to wait. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't know no. how. Yeah. I'm really good though. Like if I have a friend who like, they don't want to find out the sex or anything. I'm like really good at just being like, I feel it. It's a boy. Or like, I feel it. It's a girl. I've been right all those times that that has happened. So I don't know. We'll see when, when my sister was pregnant with my niece. I was like, it's a girl. Just, you need to trust me on this. It's a girl. You're, you're having Did she wait? No, no. But oh. like in the lead before up, you, fa- before she found out. Yeah. Yeah. Pregnant. Before she I found know. out, like I, I went up there to see her when she was like, maybe only three months pregnant max. And I was like, it's a girl. Just trust me on this one. I feel it. It's a girl. And then she was like, yeah, you're going to have a niece. I was like, I know, like, I know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. But yeah, that kind of wraps up that. I mean, we haven't seen Donna in a while and this just made me be like, I want another Donna scene. Terrence is like seven going on eight. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? crazy? My friend's eight-year-old just started third grade today, which means Terrence I saw be... those pictures. I know who you're talking about, and I saw those pictures. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I forget you're, you're like, you're starting to know everybody now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Terrence is, uh, that means if, if she started third grade today, Terrence should be starting second grade, which is insane. That's wild when you think about it in that context. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time, man. Time is crazy. Yeah. I have another friend who I used to work with at Starbucks back in like a long, long time ago, like probably 10, 15 years ago. And I remember when she was pregnant and her kid started his freshman year of high school today. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. It's insane. Kids born in the 2000s are like in high school gearing up for college. I know. Kids born in like the 2010s are now like double digits. That is, that's just mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing to me too. It's wild. It's yeah so wild my oldest niece is 17 she was born in 2005 and so like that is bananas because I'm like I was a freshman in college in 2005 like I shouldn't be having full conversations with you you're your child you're a wee tiny little thing yeah my next door neighbors had their grandkids over last week and I saw the oldest one and he's 10 and I remember like holding him as a baby and now I'm like holy crap I was like I saw him for the first time in a long time and I was like holy shit you're like an actual like full-on kid now like I was like this is crazy it's crazy it's crazy crazy. I know my my other friend who who I know from soccer her her little boy is he's 16 now he started I think he started his junior year today but I remember when he was he was a baby I used to hold him as a baby too and I think if I were to see him now like I probably start and be like oh my god hey and then be like wait you're like a full-on adult I can't talk to you like a kid anymore like I would probably have to have a moment of just like wait a second yeah like how do I talk to you like an adult crazy yeah time man yeah yeah so moving into Severide and Brittany, can we please take a clip of Brittany saying it's Brittany bitch and insert it here? <laughs> oh man, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I oh. feel like we've always referenced Brit on the pot, like, cause we've never covered like any episodes from the Brittany era. Mm-hmm. We've always just talked about the fact that, you know, Severide was once married to a woman named Brittany. Like that was a dark time in the Severide history, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> But, like, we've never actually really talked about Brittany. And it's just interesting to think about that relationship in context, especially now knowing Severide just got married again and, you know, where we're at. And it's just, it's kind of crazy to watch this episode and think about where we are now. It's so crazy. It really is. So, yeah, Brittany is, Brittany's here. She's in Chicago. Brittany is played by Sorinda Swan. She's been on a bunch of other stuff. 
Um, so I knew pretty. her primarily oh from Graceland, but See, I I watched I think one episode of Graceland, so I don't remember her from that because I don't remember her being in the first. Maybe she was in the first episode. I don't know, but. So um, I hated her character on Graceland because she was super whiny. And then her character basically gets Aaron Tveit's character killed. Um, but like I use killed with air quotes because he like died, but then they brought him back. Um, yeah. Man, I, really- I really need to, the more I'm like, I pulled up the Graceland cast again. And like the more that I'm like looking at the cast. I'm like, damn, I need to go back and like watch you it. You really do, though. You really do. Manny Montana, who then I, like blew up from Good Girls, he's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember Daniel's last name, but he was Daniel on Grace Sujata. for a minute. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Brandon G. McLaren, who was briefly on fire for a stint. Yeah, he was. Yep. That's it's what I'm so saying. Good. Like, people I love are in this show, and I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. It's, it was such a good show yeah you really should give it a try but also well, of course, I watched, i'm gonna say that i know i still have the first episode i think i downloaded it as you know when itunes used to do like free episodes a lot of times they were pilots like way back in the day mm-hmm. i have the first episode of graceland like on my itunes like from where i downloaded it as like a free pilot and i watched it and i don't remember why i didn't go back and keep watching it oh it gets so much better but also hi i'm a sucker for a cop show I mean, hi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hi. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, is it on streaming? But it, before we move yeah, on from it is on streaming. I want to say it's on Hulu, but I could be wrong. Because that's really going to be the make or break it. I want to say it's on Hulu. Hang on. Graceland free. Yeah. Hulu. Okay. Then I can watch it. So good. So good. And Aaron Tveit, uh, that's how I discovered Aaron Tveit. Like no, none of the Broadway stuff. I was just like, who <laughs> is this guy? Oh, see, I've loved Aaron Tveit for a long time. Yeah, no. And then I was like, he's on Broadway? What? Ever yeah. since Next to Normal. Oh. Then I found out that he did this version of Rent at the Hollywood Bowl where like mm-hmm. he was Roger and Skylar Aston was Mark. Like that's the yep. dream team. It's like yeah. the Broadway like trifecta of amazing. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I digress. Yeah, Brittany. So, uh, yeah, she's here. So the episode starts and they're having sexy time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, time. I will say they are two very hot people. The sexy time is sexy time. Yeah. So, like, they, they're, like, finishing sexy time or whatever. And she's just like, man, I thought I knew everything, but clearly I didn't. I'm like, yeah, well, you're <laughs> sleeping with a man who's sleeping with the entirety of Chicago. Of course you're going to learn some shit. Yeah. 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 So he's like, shit, I gotta go to work. And she's like, oh, it's shift day. Like, no, can you be sick? And he's like, no. He's so like, no, no, no. He's like, not- I like you, but not that much. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like my job a little bit more. But yeah, so she's like, do me a favor, okay? And he's like, yeah, anything. And she's like, promise me you'll be fine. And he's like, yeah, I'll be fine. And she's like, no, that's not a promise, promise. Like, promise. And so he does. But the, it's the editing here that makes this so genius. Cause like you, you know, Severine and Brittany are doing their sexy time thing, but then we cut to Dossie in the living room sitting there just awkwardly while we hear what's happening with Severide and Brittany. It's so, I forgot that, I mean, I remember Severide living with them, mm-hmm. but then I forgot that Brittany also lived there too. And they were like, that was just so weird. I thought Kelly's always had the loft. Has he not? 
No. No, he had the place with Brett and and oh no, not Brett. Not Brett, uh Shay. Shay. Uh, yeah, because remember after Shay died, then he moved in. Casey was worried about him, so he moved in with Casey and Dawson, and then he got married to Brittany. So then Brittany lived with them, and then he lived there for a while, and then he eventually gets the loft. Ah. Uh, but the loft is until later. I've always just I, I've always just imagined him living in it forever. Like he's okay. No, because even I think at the end of season three two during the whole katya stuff i think he's still living with them i think it's not till like later later that he gets aloft oh the katya stuff that's right I, I i like see i see casey's apartment i just remember them having a conversation about casey punching the wall mm-hmm. or is that later on i i know I, I think remember. that's in the katya stuff but anyway yeah i think they're still living he's still living there during the Katya stuff mm-hmm. oh man yeah so so we cut to Gabby and Casey sitting in the living room like they're they're like the parents who are just like disappointed in their child they're just like how do we handle this and so yeah. Casey's like so you're gonna talk to them right and Gabby's like no you made this bed you changed the sheets <laughs> and like she gets up and leaves and he runs after her he's behind by like 10 steps because he's like nope not it not it he's like I do not want to nope 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 <laughs> Oh my goodness. So then later on, Severide walks into Casey's office and he's like, so Gabby said you wanted to talk to me and Casey throws him an orange and he's like, the fuck is this for? And he's like, I figured you needed to refuel after that workout this morning. And Severide's not even embarrassed. He's just like, yeah, you heard us. Yeah. But it's also like, LOL, like Casey's awkward dad. BF. It's like Casey's trying to be a dad, but also be his BFF at the same time. It's so Casey, but it's so awkward. So awkward and so funny. Oh my god! He's like, he, and Severide's like, oh, you guys heard that? And Casey's just like, I'm pretty sure half of Milwaukee heard that. But I mean, I guess that. Yeah, I mean, how do you guys handle these things, right? Like, uh, guys I don't know. know. Yeah, exactly. They don't know how to like skirt around an issue or address it. And I don't know. So Casey's like, well, no rush, but like, do you have any plans to move out? And then they get interrupted by, well, it's not even those damn bells. It's that damn news report. Yeah. But yeah, before, before Seth can even answer. And then it's from there, it just becomes like the horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah. So uh, on the way to the helicopter crash, they're in the truck. Severide's like, listen, those things carry a shit ton of fuel. Like, this is bad. Just be ready. It's not going to be good. And he looks at his phone and Brittany's already like blowing it up, blowing it up. So this is the night, the night that this aired. I specifically remember this is the night that put one Chicago social media on the map. Because before this, I mean, the tweets had been okay. They made a tweet in the middle of this episode that, the fandom just like lost their minds over because it, it was so funny. So uh, basically, Brittany keeps texting Severide. And by the time he checks the phone and it says 37 unread messages. Yeah, that's, what, after, that's like after everything's done. It is yeah. after, yeah. But what happened was the Chicago Fire account, because this is when there were three separate accounts. The Chicago Fire account takes that screenshot and they tweet it out and they just say, when Bay has no chill broke the internet really <laughs> broke the internet everybody was playing they were like you're a genius that was amazing like this is the night that put them on the map that's crazy obviously i wasn't around that i don't remember that yeah. but that's funny yeah it was pretty funny i was like oh good one good one um yeah. and then from there we were like okay you're amazing like you're hilarious so yeah but uh yeah on the way to the helicopter crash Brittany is just texting him all over the place like are you okay are you okay answer me and she's he's just like I'm, I'm working like why 
So yeah. they arrive at the crash scene and this is just like chaos. chaos. <laughs> yeah. Chaos. Okay. So you've got, you've got the helicopter that's teetering on the ledge of a roof, right? So that happened. The rotor of the helicopter, like the helicopter blades that go in the circle, they're gone. Just missing. Nope. I don't know where they went. Uh, the rotor's gone. The back of the helicopter, somewhere, it got yeeted off into the abyss. We don't know. Yeah. It's just somewhere. Yeah. We also don't know the cause of this crash, which we find out later. And there's a whole other can of worms with that. Yeah. So lots going on. Lots going on. Lots going on. Okay. So Severide and squad go up to the roof, right? Because they're squad. Of course, that's where they're going to go. So the helicopter pilot is sitting there and he's trying to like rock himself against the door to get him out. And Severide's like, can you not please? Can you not? Can you not? Like, stop. You're just making it worse. So him and the passengers, they're fine, but the ledge is crumbling. So Severide's like, they're fine, but like, they may not be fine if we don't move quickly. Yeah. Don't really know. So that's happening. And while that's happening out of nowhere, Brittany shows up at the scene. In Severide's jacket. Stage five clinger, anybody? But like, she just, I, the thing that always baffles me about this is like, she doesn't know him. And like, I, I, I still don't, I don't, I mean, I, we learn later on a little bit more about like why she kind of feels this way, but still it's like, that's a little much. A little much, a lot much. Yeah. But this definitely shows just how incompatible they are. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. She shows up in his turnout gear and she's or not turnout gear, but like the jacket and she's panicking and she's like, I'm Kelly Severine's wife. Like, I just need to know he's okay. And Bowden's like, you need to the go fuck. over there. <laughs> yeah. He's like, who? He's like, the fuck. Yeah. Who are you? Why are you here? This is weird. Go stand in the corner. Yeah. So yeah. And she's just stressed the fuck out. She's like borderline crying the entire episode. So yeah, he's like, you need to stand over there and let your husband do his job, which like that felt a little weird in season three, hearing him be like, you need to let your husband do his job. I was like, Ugh. uh, yeah, no, but we are going to get to hear Severide referred to as husband again this year. And it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be amazing. We just get to like bask in it. Mm. And the behind the scenes shots, we've already seen some sightings of the ring. It's so good. So good. So good. Yeah. So Otis and Herman, they are tasked with finding the rotor. Because again, it just just disappeared. Nobody so, knows where it went. Nobody knows. Nope. So they follow the tracks or whatever into this woman's backyard. Imagine that like you live in a major city or whatever, and you're just going about your business. You're just enjoying your day. Maybe you're in the yard gardening or just chilling or whatever. And a helicopter rotor just comes and slams you into the ground. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where it's like, okay, yeah, I was just in my backyard, but like, what if I had gone to the bathroom instead? You know, it's like, then I wouldn't have been crushed by a rotor. I mean, it's just wrong play. I mean, wrong timing. It's just. Oh, horrible timing. Horrible timing. Yeah. So I just, um, over the weekend, I, I crammed in watching The Staircase, which is on HBO Max. Oh my God, fantastic. But uh, there's it basically is about how this woman is murdered. And there's a theory at one point that she was attacked by an owl. And they show the they show the different circumstances under which she could have been killed. They show like, you know, what if her death happened this way? Or what if it happened that way? What if she was attacked by an owl? And literally she goes outside and places a Christmas ornament and an owl swoops down from the tree and whams her in the head. Can you imagine just going about your life and being taken out by an owl? That's wild. I don't want to, I don't want to go like that. I don't. Uh, no, no, no. no. Not that I want to think about how I'm going to die, but that is definitely not how I want to die. 
but like nobody has that on their agenda. Like I'm going to 8 a.m. I'm going to drink coffee. 9 a.m. I'm going to log on to my work computer. 10 o'clock. I'm going to go outside. 10.05. I'm going to get hit by a rotor. Yeah. No. Just I'm just trying to imagine like casually going out into the backyard to like enjoy something and like helicopter blade right to the face. This is one of those things that when we were talking about earlier too, it feeling very reminiscent of like what 911 episodes feel like today. It feels like it because it's like, oh yeah, not only did the helicopter crash, but the rotor went here, this went here, that went here. It's, it's like, yeah, it feels yeah. very reminiscent of 911 in that way. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So yeah, they find it in a woman's backyard and she's trapped underneath it as one does. Yep. Don't you hate when you find a helicopter rotor pinning you <laughs> to the ground in your backyard? I mean, just another Tuesday. Yeah. Just day that ends in Y. Yeah. No biggie. Yep. So Casey had sent everybody their second, uh, their separate ways. He was like, nobody's on anybody's hip. Just do, do the thing. Take care of the call. Take care of the patients. Do the thing. Yeah. So everybody like reconvenes outside. And then he's just like, well, wait a second. Where's Gabby? And Cruz is like, oh, I don't know. And so as that happens, this woman comes running out of the fire with a mask on. And what the only thing that made me like chuckle about this is that like, you know, it is a woman running out of the fire, but Casey still makes a point to be like, it's not her. Casey, honey, she's not wearing turnout gear. That we know. We know. We know. She doesn't really look anything like Gabby. We know. Um, we know, Captain Obvious. We got it. We got we this. Know. Yeah, we got this. So yeah, victim comes out. He's like, it's not her. Yeah, we know. So then uh, the, the girl takes off the mask and she's like the firefighter who had this. Like she fell. And Casey's like, oh, well, shit so right as he's about to turn around and go in there's like a, a sort of explosion of like dust that just comes whooshing out of the building so and that's the commercial right so you're supposed to be like oh my god casey he's fine spoiler alert uh <laughs> but yeah she comes out right after that and the first thing out of casey's mouth and this is why professionally this was so bad is because his first instinct is to yell at her mm-hmm. but also i get that if she's your candidate that's a, that's what you're gonna do if gallo does that you bet your ass Casey's going to yell at him immediately after he comes out. Right. And it's not, he yells at her and it's not, I mean, it's like you said, it's kind of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, he's yelling about yelling at her about something important, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is true. I've heard other people say it to other, you know, mm-hmm. like, don't give up your mask. Like they've said that many times over the course of Chicago fire history. So like, I get it, but also like, given the context of where their personal relationship is too, it takes on another meaning and it just, it's yeah it's not a great scene I feel like Casey did a good job of drawing the line between professional and personal I feel like Gabby struggled with it well I think at times I think they both struggled with it I think Casey did a better job than Gabby for sure because Gabby wanted to pretend that nothing had to change Mm -hmm. and that they could still be them and also take on this new dynamic and Casey's like no that's silly like yeah we can still be us but you're crazy to think that it's not going to change professionally either Mm -hmm. and it did yeah I will never forget that line he drops on her in the mid-season when he's like I'm trying to be both your fiance and your lieutenant and you can't respect either one Mm. yeah we'll never forget that one yeah but I do I will appreciate the fact that Casey like Casey's way of apologizing was like as she's walking off to be like Dawson you know and he like takes the pause and he's like nice work like he recognizes that he was wrong and that what she did was a good save and like he isn't gonna say like I'm sorry but he is gonna recognize that like she did good there Mm -hmm. and so I did I did appreciate that he actually like said that to her yeah yeah 
So we go back to the lady with the rotor on top of her because again, she's just having a real bad day. Real bad. Real day. bad day. Oh man. So Otis gets a tool bag and they they basically they try and lift it off of her. And then they do some move where like Herman takes both Halligans and links them together. I yeah, I don't understand. God, those Halligans are like, what 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 can't Halligans do? Right. And this is the days before the um slam again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, what is he called? Mm-hmm. Slam again. Yeah. So if Severide's an Avenger, does that make a Halligan his Mjolnir? Yeah, that analogy doesn't exactly line up correctly because I wouldn't say Severide is Thor. But we're gonna like, have to work on yeah. Yeah. But that's like his weapon, right? As he's like charging through the air, like Avenger style. We're gonna have to work on that. <laughs> Yeah. So does that make the slam again the Thunderbolt or Stormbreaker, not Thunderbolt? Thunderbolt's a Quidditch in Harry Potter, I think. Again, I we're going to have to work on I digress. That. I'm sorry. I try not to. And it happens every time. No, we're going to have to just work on the because the tools don't match up with the characters and who their Marvel personalities would be. So it doesn't exactly line up. Who did we decide was Severide again? We said Severide's like 20 million people. Was he Iron Man? Iron Man. I think we've said Captain America. We've said a couple. No, Casey's, no, Casey's Cap. Casey's Cap. I think we said Iron Man. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't exactly line up. Right. But Tony doesn't have like a, never mind. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I try not to. And then I do it. Okay. So. That's happening. So basically they try and lift this off of her. They can't do it. So they have to disassemble the rotor. This piece of machinery that has probably been assembled for a long time. You know what's crazy though? Is that, yeah, this the rotor landed on her, but she didn't get like pinned by any shrapnel or anything. I mean, she's just pinned because the thing's so fucking heavy and she can't move. Like she didn't get shrapnel you know, slammed in her thigh or, you know, anywhere else. Like she's just literally pinned. So like they can take a second to actually disassemble it because they not having to worry about her bleeding out or anything like that. So like, they're not worried about time. broken some ribs though, right? I mean, yeah, I'm sure she broke some ribs and has some like nasty bruises, but like you would think that if this huge ass rotor lands on you from the sky, that like you would have, some shrapnel would have landed on you in you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it didn't is like a real miracle. <laughs> so she's having a really bad day. She's really lucky, but she's having a really bad really day. Bad day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, Otis has to disassemble the rotor. Just giant piece of machinery. Like, okay, yeah. Just like I saw this video the other day of like a plane had to crash land on a, high, a highway in California. And like, just imagine that there's like a giant piece of machinery in front of you. And all of a sudden they're just like, disassemble this. Oh, okay. Otis being the one to disassemble it though, makes just like all the sense. Like, I was just thinking about like, who, if you, if this happened today, like mm-hmm. in, you know, who would be the one from uh, 51 to be like, disassemble it? I mean, I think they'd all be good at it, but who would be the best? Because it just feels like such a natural thing for Otis to be the one disassembling it for some reason, whatever reason that is. I don't know why. It feels like a very Otis thing. You know who I think would do it nowadays? For some reason, Gallo is the first person who comes That's to what, mind. I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know. It just doesn't fit Gallo as well to me. But like, yeah, I, I feel like it would have to be Gallo too. 
Yeah, but Gallo's like a sponge though, right? Like he likes to learn how to do anything and everything. So I could totally see him like having been like, yeah, I studied up on that once just because. Oh man. I know, I know. So yeah, they're disassembling the rotor and they get her free, which like, wow. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. They get her free and they pull her out. But as they pull her out, Otis notices one other thing inside the rotor. He notices a drone. So we go back to squad three. They're trying to stabilize the helicopter and it starts to slip and they end up getting it secure. But Bowden looks back at Brittany and she's just losing her shit. So so Bowden throws her a bone. He basically radios squad and he, he goes over and stands right in front of Brittany and radios squad so that she can hear. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as soon as Severide says that they're good and they're still working on it, Brittany's like, oh, oh. She just kind of like, you know, her shoulders loosen up. She like relaxes. She's still worried, but like it, she just relaxes a little yeah. bit. And it is nice of Bowden to like throw her that bone. Cause like at this point, I mean, she's basically a still a stranger to everybody, including Severide. And the mm-hmm. fact that like he did that for her when he definitely didn't have to, you know, obviously Bowden's the best. It's just so funny how much this highlights how much they don't know each other, like you were saying before, because, I mean, she doesn't know how good he is at his job. Right. She also she doesn't, doesn't know, know anything. how much he loves I mean, his job. Yeah. She doesn't realize that, like, in the grand scheme of things, this is pretty routine for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a lot she doesn't know. Yeah. So then Gabby finds a trail of blood somewhere. Cause again, we're not done. We're Casual not done. Gabby thing. Casual Gabby thing. Just as one does. So Dawson finds a trail of blood and she's like, you know what? I'm gonna follow this. I'm just going to do it. And Bowden's like, yeah, cool. Go ahead. Just let us know if you need any help. Yeah. And that, that had me, that, that kind of raised an important, like an interesting question in my head. Cause like, right. She just got chewed out by Casey for giving the person her mask. And now she's like, oh chief, I'm going to go do this. And he's just like, cool. Don't we want to. Do we are, are we cool with that? Do we want to like maybe make sure that Gabby's with somebody? We're just they're probably at this point like we still got so much going on like we don't really have extra bodies to spare if we don't have to. So like you just go do whatever you want and like if we really need someone then call me. Do you think Bowden is able to remember where everybody is during a call? That's a great question. I mean, I guess he kind of has to, but like. I don't know. What is his main priority at this point? Everything that's happening on the ground or like making sure the helicopter doesn't fall and cause worse problems on the ground. Also a great question. Man. What's his priority? Yeah. That's a Tony question. Oh man. We really should get Tony back on the podcast. We should. We should. It's been yeah. way too long. I have way too many more like actual firefighting questions now. I know. I know. Yeah. So Gabby's just like, I'm going to go follow this trail of blood. And Bowden's like, sure, whatever. But it, see, and I can see in a normal call how like that would probably be easy to keep track of where everybody is. And you could be like, okay, well, squad is on the south side, you know, truck is on the roof, whatever. But like in an episode like this, where everybody's in like 15 different places. Right. It's not like squads here, 81's here, 61's there. It's like squad is all up there, but then 81 is in five different places. Mm-hmm. 61 is split up. I mean, you know, lots happening. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So Gabby follows the trail of blood into a backyard shed and she finds a teenager and this guy's, he's bleeding from his head and he's just like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Turns out this is the kid who was flying the drone. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Mills comes to help out 
And we find out that he wasn't alone. He was flying the drone on a rooftop with his brother. And when the helicopter came down, they basically, they got hit and it knocked the brother off the roof. Okay. Here's my question though. Was the helicopter descending and you hit it with the drone? Did you fly the drone all the way up there and hit the helicopter? <laughs> I, I have and I just I, I have so many questions too, because which building were they on? Were they on the apartment building where the thing crashed? Like mm-hmm. wait, which building were they on? Because I feel like the helicopter landed on the apartment building, but like, and that's obviously a couple stories tall. Mm-hmm. So if they're just standing on the roof of a normal house. That seems to be less off the ground than the apartment building. Like, I just have so many questions. Yeah, the logistics don't quite line up. I'm going I'm to Google really fast. And um, especially given where they fell and where, like, Jack, the brother, fell in that electric, you know, where the transformer is. I mean, where is that in relation to the apartment building where the helicopter crashed? Okay, so helicopters fly an average of, they fly from 12,000 to 15,000 feet. That's definitely going to be way higher than an apartment building. Right, and but that's what I'm saying. But like, if they got knocked off, like, so when it started crashing, mm-hmm. they got hit in the head. But that's what I'm saying is like, they could have been standing, they had to have been on the apartment building, right? Because if they're on some like random house, say next to the apartment building, that's lower than the apartment building. Yeah. And also, where was the helicopter going if it was flying low enough to get hit by a drone? That's also a great question. (laughs) Just a lot of questions. Lots of logistics. Lots of logistics, yeah. And like for them to be standing on the roof of the apartment and then get hit by shrapnel while it's coming down and then the helicopter to like land on the apartment building. And that's what I didn't understand too. They made it seem like, because the way it was said was like, oh, we got hit and it knocked us, you know, because that's what cut him in the head and that's what knocked the boy off. So did they get hit by shrapnel or did they actually get hit by like the helicopter as it was crashing? Fantastic questions. Oh man. I know. I feel like we could do a whole like subset of podcast episodes where we just like analyze how did that happen? Like, how um, did that call happen? If this was, if, imagine if we had been on the podcast, like if we had been doing a podcast back then mm-hmm. and like we could actually ask, like, because obviously if we ask somebody now, nobody would remember anything <laughs> about the actual logistics. But if we'd been around back then and we were like, hey, Derek, tell us about the logistics of that call. Oh, man. I know. I know. Now I'm oh, wondering man. who wrote this episode. Uh, it was Derek and one other person um, I who I don't think is on the writing staff anymore. Michael O'Shea. Okay. Yeah. So Derek yeah, and Michael I don't O'Shea. think he's still on. Yeah. 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 So, so then, you know, they, they find the kid or whatever and, and they're talking and we find out about the brother. So Gab, Gabby radios back to Bowden about Jack and he's like, you know, he got knocked off on a roof. He got he got knocked off the roof somewhere. We don't know where he is, but he's out there somewhere. Casey and Cruz find this kid next to a transformer. Not only do they find him next to a transformer, there's a live wire dangling with sparks and everything. <laughs> and he's bleeding out as one does. Of course. Yeah. So he's bleeding out. The blood is like expanding and like slowly drifting out towards this live wire. So like totally chill, not panicky situation, right? Totally fine. So Casey goes in to get him and comes close to him, but he's just like, okay, like he kind of realizes what's going on. 
Um, what kills me is when he radios Bowden to explain the situation and he's just like, okay, like, you know, there, there's blood, there's live wire, you know, this could be really bad. But also he's standing so close to Jack. I'm like, why, what, that, shouldn't you have stayed on the outside of the Transformer? Yeah. It's one of those things too that like until this call, it makes sense, but I don't think I would have ever thought about the fact that like if blood mixed with electricity, that mm-hmm. would it would have caused that kind of spark. Like, it makes sense now, like, the science of it all. But, like, if you had told me before I ever watched this episode that, like, oh, yeah, if an electric line touched a pile of, or a puddle of blood, that it would have caused that kind of reaction, I would have been like, no, it wouldn't. It's fine. But, like, holy shit. No, I can see it. Like, any liquid touching, you know, Yeah, I just, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought about blood in that way. And then you, and then I, once I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. But, like, until you actually sit there and think about it and see it in this incident, I was like, uh oh yeah that's a thing that could possibly happen that's kind of crazy so not only is this poor kid bleeding out from like you know he's bleeding out from one spot that's great and all well his leg when he fell it got tangled up in barbed wire literally tangled up there's barbed wire circled around this kid's leg like yep who's having the worst day the lady with the rotor or this kid or the other kid i mean did you see the other kid's head he was banged up real bad i mean yeah he has like a cranial fracture mm-hmm I mean, yeah, I think they're all, I think the lady, while yeah, that had to have sucked, she didn't end up with shrapnel in her or anything like that. So like, she's having a less bad day. Definitely the brothers. Because like okay, on but- top of it, they're probably also going to get like grounded for life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think it goes the, the brother with the transformer. He's definitely having the worst day. The other brother, then and the then lady the with lady. the rotor, then Brittany. But what about the van guy, which we haven't gotten to? We'll get to him in a second. Van guy wasn't he had, that like, badly a hurt. Big, he had a big ass piece of shrapnel in his le- in his hand. He had enough energy to point a gun in Sylvie's face. I know. I'm just saying he did take it out. But like, still, I'm just saying. Nah, he's. I think he's underneath. Well, is he having a worse day than Brittany? I mean, simply by virtue of the shrapnel, probably. Right. But emotionally, Brittany can make Brittany has an argument for fourth. Brittany has an argument for fourth. Yeah. But that's definitely our top five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So then back up on the roof, squad three gets the pilot out. That's great. They're still working on getting the passengers out. Helicopters rocking, doing its thing. Bowden's like, look, you are running out of time. That ledge is crumbling. You need to figure something out like now. And so they get the passengers out, but right as it does that, the helicopter starts to like teeter a little bit and Severide's still inside. So we're supposed to worry about him, but like it's Severide, right? So he gets like thrown against the wall or whatever. And everybody's like, oh my God, Severide, Severide. So Newhouse, because he's still around at this point. Yeah, he hasn't left yet either. And I was thinking about too, we've never done, do you remember those episodes where Newhouse is, I don't think that, he's not a, he's not like, a bail bondsman but he's like a bounty hunter-ish type yeah, yeah. Thing, and he takes mills along with him at yep. one point we've never done those episodes either and that would be a fun one too that would be fun um he's on fbi now he plays new house edwin hodge yes but yeah fbi which one regular fbi i think he's on regular or did he go to most wanted i gotta look it up he went from sophia's show to uh, fbi i think he's he regular was- fbi most wanted most wanted okay okay yeah so yeah yeah he's back in the he's back in the 
Dick Wolf world, which yeah. is where he he can stay. Yeah, he can stay for sure. Yeah. <sighs> International, I can't wait for that to come back. Oh, I just want a good crowd. I I know people are like, there was the big rumor about like, are they trying to do a crossover between like all the show? And it's like, I don't know if that's going to happen, but damn, I would want to see it. I know. So bad. Yeah. So just, But I'll settle for, I'll settle, which sounds terrible. I'll settle for my big crossover between the three shows. Give me that right. first and then we can work our way up to the big nine, nine show crossover. Yeah, we can't, we can't really be too choosy right now since we haven't had a major crossover in forever. Yeah, we'll work our way up to the nine show crossover. I want it and I want it to be chaos and like in the best way. I don't even know how way. it would work. I don't know how it would work, but like, I want it, but I want it. Yeah. Yeah. Where like it's a Thursday night and you don't even know what show you're watching and like Christopher Maloney's there always. You have there. to watch three nights in a row for three hours. Like you have to watch all nine parts. Yeah. Somehow the case ends up in Budapest and you're just like, I don't know why. But it's like here. It, it starts that way, right? Because you would, I would assume you would start with like the FBI's and that. I don't know how it works, but like it's gonna happen. That's a situation where even if it is a giant mess, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Just nine show chaotic, like Royal Chicago, Rumble TV York, show crossovers. Yeah. I mean, I just need, I need it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Done. <laughs> it's Dick Wolf. He can make anything happen. He can make anything happen. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, they get the passengers out. Cause again, Severide is the only one left in the helicopter. Newhouse and Cap secure the helicopter, which like it's Severide. I really don't even think they needed to do that. He probably still could have gotten out. Uh, but yeah, Severide leaps out of it. And then the helicopter comes just like careening to the ground because, you know, I wonder if any of those renters insurance policies cover like accidental helicopter crash. Probably not. Probably not. The, but even that was going to say, even the buildings might, but probably not. No, no. Yeah, so then we get they get back down to the ground and a random firefighter comes up to Kelly and is like, hey, your wife's here. And she's like, she's freaking out. She's been asking for you everywhere. And Severide pulls out his phone and that's when we get the, the screenshot of like 37 unread messages. And he's just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Girl, <laughs> chill. Like, shit. So back at the apartment, Severide and Brittany are having a fight. Yes, they are. Kelly's making all the good points though. Yeah. But again, they don't know each other. Mm-mm, not at all. No. Nope. I don't nope. even think they've probably even had a conversation about like, because of course they've only been married for like a hot second. Why would they have had this conversation at this point? Mm-hmm. But they probably even had the conversation about like, what if something were to happen to me on a call? Like, how would you react? Like, no. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Mess. Such a mess. Oh man. Okay, so- then so they're having a fight they cut over to Dossie in the living room and both of them are like guess it's the end oh no it's like like, oh darn we're so sad about it bummer do you think they made bets on how long the marriage would last and if you do who do you think won they did make bets remember well there was a whole firehouse betting is there a pool Remember, because Otis has the thing, and then Casey's like, oh, we're not doing this, guys. Like, whatever. Oh. And then he put, remember, and then he puts it on, like, $5 on, like, six weeks or whatever it was. It's so wrong. It's so wrong. But also so right. 
Yeah. So yeah, we go to Casey and Dawson and they're just like, this is the beginning of the end. Like it's happening. They're not disappointed by the way. Oh not no. They were trying, they were trying to kick them out. Like, mm-hmm. of course they're not disappointed. Yeah. And then 10 seconds, 10 seconds later, it turns into Severide and Brittany laughing and like having sexy time again. And both of them are just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, seriously? She's like, we're getting out of here. Like, yeah. we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Cause they, they had planned like a staycation in a hotel basically to avoid having the conversation with Severide. Yeah. So yeah, they both like peace out. They're like, we're not dealing with this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So we get the after scene after sexy time. And basically we see that Brittany's got a tattoo on her, on her rib cage, like the, the length of her side going down her side, which like, ow, that must've hurt. But Kelly mentions, he's like, some of this looks really fresh. And she's like, yeah, I add to it every couple months now because, you know, she basically explains it. Here's the clip. Some of this looks fresh. I keep adding a little bit more to it every month since the accident. Why? Because I want to remind myself. Losing my sister. Experiencing the pain of that loss. It's a part of who I am. I'm sorry I showed up at the crash just the thought of losing you too. No one understands what it's like but you, Kelly. Yeah. And I think this, obviously this is the first time you learn any kind of part of Britney's backstory and like mm-hmm. why she was in Vegas and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, it's like, not that the marriage really makes much sense, but you're like, okay, I can kind of see why they got married now. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. But also that, that shared it's trauma. Like your reaction to trauma shouldn't be, let's go get married. But it's mm-hmm. also like, I see why. Yeah, they were both yeah. so rattled from it that, you know, they wanted something permanent that they weren't going to have to worry was going to disappear again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so she says, she's like, nobody understands what it's like, but you. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, honey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kelly. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's that, that, that's a crazy call. Just- it's a crazy, a very memorable call. Yeah. And the episodes aren't usually based on one call like that anymore. We don't usually see that. No, you usually get like one bigger-ish call, maybe a second smaller call, you know, but Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So then we move into pretty much the best part of the whole thing. Best part of the thing. So we've got Bretton Mills, but then we've also got Cruzuba. Which I forgot was like a two-parter storyline. Me too. Me too. I forgot that too. I mean, I think we picked the best part because you actually get to see the end of it, which is like the best scene ever. Mm-hmm. But like, I forgot that it technically started in like it was two episodes. Yeah, I thought it had all resolved itself in one episode. I forgot about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Take it away. So for a little context. So in the last episode is when the crew Zumba stuff starts. And basically, you know, because like we said, Brett is new to Chicago. She's looking for, you know, something to do, you know, get involved. She's really wanting to try exercise class. She ends up in the Zumba class. It turns out Cruz is her teacher, is the teacher there. And nobody has any idea that Cruz is a Zumba teacher. And he has promised Brett to keep it quiet. And like in return, she's because at this point, they're working on the ideas for Molly's too, right? Because she agrees. She's like, okay, well, I'll keep your secret if you let me teach you how to cook. 
And he's like, oh, he's like, what? You know, anyway, so that's kind of where we're at. So flash forward now to this episode, Cruz is sneaking around and finds Brett in the bunk room and he gives her back her sweater that she like left in his class the night before. But Casey and Severide are looking on from Casey's quarters and all they see is Cruz hand her back her sweater and they're thinking like, oh shit, like they're sleeping together. Like he let, you know, she left her sweater at his place the night before. And it's just like really funny because it's like, that's not what's happening yet. But it's just funny that like Casey and Severide think that that's what ha- is happening. So much foreshadowing and not just with Casey and Brett or not Casey and Brett, uh, Brett and Cruz. Yeah, with also a little, the Casey and Brett, which we'll get to in a second, but yeah, we'll get there. So anyway, we're on the way to the crash site and Brett asks, they're in the Ambo and Brett asks Mills about having secrets with someone in the house. And obviously, of course, she knows what she's talking about. Mills thinks she's asking about like an in-house romance. And she's like, he's just like, look, in my experience, in-house relationships are better kept out open, open rather than having people guessing about it. And she's just like shocked. She's like, who in the house have you dated? And like, it doesn't really get any further than that because they're interrupted by like the crash scene coming into view. And so while they're working, you know, on different victims or whatever, Brent stumbles upon a van that's like been crushed by a piece of debris from the helicopter, which I don't know which part of the helicopter that was, but like still big piece crushes the van. So driver's alive, but he's got like a big piece of shrapnel in his leg, hand, something like whatever. And they can't get to him because he's pinned in. And finally, Mills, you know, former squad guy, able to get the door open. But of course, like, this guy in the van has already, like, pulled the shrapnel out. And they're just like, what the fuck? Like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> um, and the guy's like, leave me the hell alone. And they're like, no, we're going to keep working on you, whatever. And as she's working on him, Brett notices a bag full of, like, fake IDs and passports in the back. But she doesn't say anything, but she's just like, what the fuck have we gotten ourselves into? Like, who the fuck is this guy? He's just creepy. He's so creepy. Yeah. So Bowden, Bowden radios and asks 61 if they can split up because at this point, Mills, G- Gabby needs help with the kid who flew the drone. So Brett assures Mill that she's going to be okay and he leaves to go help Gabby. And basically, as soon as Mills leaves, the guy in the van like seems to come what come back to his senses and he like starts freaking out on brett and this is where he pulls the gun on her and it's just like oh fuck and she's like oh shit but brett holds her own i would i mean brett you know obviously is like very doe-eyed at this point still but like she's able to hold her own with this guy and she's like no 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 like you're gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna take care of you like this is how it goes like no 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 yeah she's so green but this is definitely her like finding her voice yeah and eventually he gets in and like lets her finish working on him. And like later on, she finishes her care and she's like, Yeah, you need to come with me. Like, I can either, you know, wait for a backboard and stretch her and take you over to the triage section so I can take you to the hospital, or you can walk with me or whatever. And he's like, Yeah, I'm not going. And she's just like, No, no, no. Like, you're coming to the hospital with me. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. And he's like, We're done. And she does walk away. And like when she gets back, you know, to the triage section and Mills is like, what happened? And she's like, don't ask. She's like, I I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So they get back to 51 and Brett and 
Mills are getting out of the ambo and she suddenly just figures out like that it's Dawson who Mills is like the, is the one that Mills dated once and you know Mills is like yeah you're pretty perceptive whatever and he's like and she's like I want to hear the whole story and she's like he's like well the whole story requires beers she's like fine but like he walks back into um 51 and at this moment is when Gabby and Casey are in the hallway talking about making the plans for the hotel like later or whatever and like Mills has this look on his face and it's just like oh man Mills and Gabby like that relationship that look on his face he always he still loved her even at that point he loved her so much yeah yeah do you think that's like first love kind of thing or do you think we've never talked about this do you think Gabby was Mills's first love that's a really good question I could honestly kind of see it I could see it too yeah I could see it too because I think that's part of the reason why like I don't think it was, it's always like romantic love. Like, Mm -hmm. but I think like, that's part of the reason why we always say that Gabby, like he still loved Gabby, even when he left because, and it had in a moment like this, because I could very much see it being like a first love situation on Mills' side. I don't think he was Gabby's first love by any means, but I Mm -hmm. think he was Mills was, she was Mills' first love. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's always going to, even today, he probably still has a soft spot for her. Yeah. If they haven't found their way back together. Exactly. It could, they could still be, a, they could, they could still be a thing. Milson could, could live could, on. I, if they, if that was, if someone were to ever come out and say like, yeah, that's canon. That's what happened. I could totally see it happening. Totally see it happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they get like, uh, oh yeah. So we're back at 51. Cruz finds Brett at in the bunk room looking a little defeated and he's just like, you know, like you're a budding superstar, like you killed it. And he gives her this free class pass. And he says something here. He's like, oh, yeah, that saves you about 60 bucks. You're telling me a single class is 60 bucks. I had that same reaction. I was like, what? What kind of Zumba class is this? Because I, I mean, well, I know I go to a very cheap Zumba class now, but like even in DC, I didn't go to Zumba classes that much because they were like 20 bucks. And I thought that was too expensive at 20 bucks 60 bucks and when she first comes into the firehouse when she's brand new she's living in pilsen which is not a great area right she has that terrible apartment because she can't afford anything else probably because she's spending all her money on zumba classes and how often does she go to zumba if she goes every month that's 240 bucks a month i don't understand 60 bucks there's no way i I think i even remember looking at like expensive classes Mm -hmm. like like what Jimmy teaches, like Soul Cycle and theories and stuff, and I want to say those are like thirty-five, maybe forty bucks, sixty bucks for Zumba for one, for Zumba too. It's not like I, I'm not saying this is an excuse, but at least even with like Soul Cycle, you're getting you have to get equipment to go with it. <laughs> like you have to reserve a bike, Zumba, and you don't have anything like that. It is just you and your body. I pay slightly more than that a month for aerial arts that I do. Right. And I know I go to like a cheap Zuma class and it like the money goes to charities and stuff. So like, I definitely don't pay anywhere near that, but still. But like, it's slightly more for four classes. Whereas if you told me 60 bucks a month, fine. If you, if it had said like free classes for a month, 60 bucks, I would have been like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because even if you go once a week, that's like 15 bucks a month, 15 bucks a class. And I was yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. 60 bucks a class though. Too much. 
no, no, no. Cruise is not even worth that. No, no, no. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Little harsh, Gretch. <laughs> but like, I would, I would not pay 60 bucks for a workout class. No, thank you. No. I, I, I don't know. I just, I heard that. And this was the first time I was like, wait a second. He did not just say 60 bucks. And then I I was like, no, he said 60 bucks. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So then Casey goes over to Brett after Cruz leaves and he tries to give her the whole, like, I'm not the one to be talking, but like firehouse romances aren't easy speech. (laughs) And it's just ironic because obviously in this point, nobody had any idea that Brett and Casey were ever going to be, that was not even in anyone's imagination regardless <laughs> even if you were like a non nobody was shipping them even if it's you were trying to be non-canon about it. like that was not a thing not in a million and it's just years funny, yeah not in a million years and it's just funny to look back on this scene and like look at where we are and obviously like Brett and Casey being a firehouse romance and it's just it's just really funny mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really funny so funny the irony is just too good mm-hmm. um and basically, Brett's like, no, 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 like, you've got it all wrong. And she ends up telling Casey Cruz's secret. <laughs> and then Casey starts a wicked game of telephone because <laughs> Casey tells Gabby. Gabby tells, I don't remember. And it's like, it just gets passed on and passed on and passed on. This goes okay. no further. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Casey's like, this goes no further. <laughs> As he tells Gabby. And then Gabby tells whoever. It's just... It's so good. I love the moment when Cruz comes into the locker room and like Herman and Otis and I can't remember who else, but like they chuckle a little bit and Cruz is like, the fuck is wrong with them? Yeah. (laughs) So basically Brett's leaving shift and she notices that a car is following her. And she pulls off in the alley. The car follows her there too. And she's like looking for something in her purse. Probably pepper spray or something like that. And a guy knocks on her window and it turns out it's the guy that she helped earlier. And basically, he hands her his business card with his phone number and this message that says, anywhere, anytime, anything. And she's just like, the fuck? Like, what What do I do with this? Men out there, there are so many better ways to do this. Right. Which the, first, it which, does... the first option of being don't. Yeah. I mean, it does end up becoming useful in a couple of episodes. She mm-hmm. does end up using it. Spoiler alert. But Yeah. Still not the greatest delivery of said card. He could have just put it on her windshield on the left. Yeah. Why he could gotta... have just like stopped her as she was coming out of the firehouse. I mean, I guess his this guy's MO is like creepy and doesn't want to be seen and, you know, secretive and all that shit. But still. Who thinks following a woman home from her job is a good idea? Not me. No, no just yeah there there are a lot more simpler ways that could have been done yeah but like I said it does end up getting used it's a like fun little thing in a couple episodes when Mm -hmm. you get to see that whole stuff go down um yeah have we ever covered that episode after um Mills and Brick get kidnapped um I'm pulling it up I don't that would be a good one to cover we've got so many we need to cover no I know (laughs) We have lots. I feel like we've done a lot, but there's still so many to go. Um, We did 310 and 311, so I think so. Hmm. I don't remember exactly which one is which at this point. But yeah, we did 310 and we did 311, so. Good times. Um, 
But anyway, the episode ends in the best. So like Cruz is pumped up. He's getting ready to teach a class. And the other instructor comes out and's like, man, you've got a great crowd. And he's like, okay, let's do this. And he walks out to teach class and he is met with literally all of 51 minus Bowden and Severide. All of them. Amazing. And he's like mad at first. He's mad at Brett. He's mad that they all know or whatever. But, you know, ends up teaching the class. Everyone has a great time. It's like one of my, I mean, obviously the fact that it's Cruzumba, that part's iconic anyway. But I just love seeing them all out in the crowd. A, just supporting Joe, but B, just their dance moves too. It's so funny. I don't think any comedic storyline will ever top this. This is, it's so good. I mean, there have been some really great ones. I don't know about topping it because there have been some really great ones. But this is definitely always going to be in like the top five for sure. Like Mouch and the Donuts, that was pretty fantastic, but it's still not enough to beat Kruzumba. Like I said, this, I mean, it, this is definitely going to be top five for yeah. sure. Always top three, probably always. Um, it's it's really good. Do you think he still teaches? Are we talking about in life or on the show? Cruz. I don't know. Maybe not now with two kids, but mm-hmm. like. I think he did for a while if he doesn't still now. Yeah. He may not have gone back after COVID. That's true. Because baby and. Well, and now hobby. hobby. So two babies. Yeah. Joe's yeah. come so far. Yeah. It's so Love good. To see it. Love to see it. Oh my goodness. But yeah, the video is so funny because you can see who's got the dance moves and who doesn't. And well, like- and I just, I just, yeah. I would love to have, if there were ever behind the scenes, like footage, like I would want to see it of this day. There was an unedited one that they posted. Uh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hang on. Let me see if it's still up. Cruise Zumba. Because, yeah, there was an unedited one that they posted that was, this might be it, actually. Hang on. Let me see. Maybe it's not it. Hang on. But yeah, they had posted an unedited one that was really funny because like it was just the take. I, I think what they did was they just let the camera roll and like whatever anybody yeah. did, they did. So then like at the very end of it, you see everybody walk off camera and Christian breaks character and just puts his middle fingers up in the air. <laughs> well, and I just want to know, I'm assuming that Joe probably choreographed that, right? Probably. I would assume so. That's so good. We can always tweet him and ask him. I should. I'll do it right now. <laughs> this will just I be one of those it. moments where we live tweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we won't know an answer at this point while recording, but we'll get one later. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Joe. We're currently recording our episode recapping the infamous Cruzumba scene. Hashtag crew. To capitalize, please. Thank you. Okay. Crew Zumba scene. And we're dying to know. Did you choreograph that routine? We see at the end. Laughing face. Tweet. Done. Success. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun times. But yeah, it's so, it's just, I mean, the whole thing is iconic. Art. All of it is truly art. art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really would like a follow-up though. 
Same. I would love that. Like, how cute would that be if an episode opened on like Javi and Chloe and like Otis and the little like baby bounce or whatever, and like they're all dancing together to like a switch version of Goomba or something. Or Goomba, Zumba. I was thinking of Super Mario. That's why I said Goomba. Um, that would be really cute. That would be really fun. I know. I know. It's a great episode. I really. It's this was a good. This was a good one. I'm glad we did this one. Same. 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 Wait, we already have a reply. Maybe Joe's online or maybe he's not. That's not that that's not a response. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. We'll we'll get a response. It may not be tonight, but Joe's pretty good about engaging on Twitter. Yeah. So we'll get yeah, I'm sure we'll get one. Yeah, for sure. When's the last time he tweeted anyway? He's been kind of quiet lately. I feel like he tweeted the other day. Three days ago? That's not that bad. Joe's usually a little more active than that. He'll step it up. It's not like he's not busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other notes on this episode? No, just a good one. Good, good, good episode. Yeah. Straight up good episode. Love it. Yeah. So that's about all that we've got for this week. Um, if you've made it this far and you haven't turned it off yet, good for you. Cause we're about to tell you what we're going to do for our fifth birthday. Um, if you didn't know, Midas and Molly's turns five years old on September 1st, which like how? When? I know. It's crazy. It's where, again, where did the time go? Yeah. Insane that we're turning five years old. It's just like, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're turning five on September 1st and we are planning to celebrate with a live episode as in we're all going to jump online on September 1st and we are going to talk just like this, like we would over YouTube. So you guys can see us as we record. And I think engage with us. We still have some more re- research to do there. Yeah. I, th- I mean, normally when I watch live streams, there is like a chat, you know, and people can chat and we can see the comments. And so I think it'll be really fun to do it interactive. So. Yeah. So that'll be our wish list episode. Actually, that's our fifth annual wish list episode. Sixth yeah. Annual? yeah. No. Well, 2017 18 19 yeah five yeah yeah yeah. math is hard y'all so yeah that's gonna it's gonna be our live episode it's gonna be a live wish list episode no wait is our sixth one it is our sixth one 17 18 19 20 yeah six that's insane i know so yeah that's our wish list episode where we we give you our wish list for the new seasons of stuff we hope to see so i guess i guess that's open now if you guys want to submit your wish list um send us emails dms all that like so we're hoping that we'll get like a chat feature going or whatever Mm -hmm. and it can be very interactive and i think it makes it the perfect episode to celebrate that with because i mean wish list discussing what we want to see happen in the new seasons and yeah so so it'll be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun stay tuned stay tuned yeah we're working on some other fun stuff for that week too and so we're hoping that'll all pan out so it it should be a good good time yep should be really a time so um as always you guys know where to find us facebook twitter instagram tumblr meet us at molly's right across the board if you like the show which we really hope you do if you could leave us a rating and review on itunes or wherever you listen to us that would be fantastic does help new people find the pod uh, yeah, link in our socials to like everything. Our Patreon pages there, our T Public pages there. T Public is always having a sale, by the way. So like, check that out. I think it's on sale right now. Right now, as we speak. Yeah, I don't know how long it goes, but they are having one right now. Yeah, uh, at least as of today, as we're recording this on Wednesday. I don't know if it's still around on Friday, but yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina Watches TV. Bryna, 
I am at Brian K13. And I guess speaking of Twitter, mm-hmm. next week we are taking off episode-wise because yes. you're going to be on vacation. But we are going to be active on social because we are doing our worst characters of one Chicago bracket. Yes. Which would be very fun. We're still, I guess, taking, if you have any last minute submissions, send them our way. Um, We're still kind of working out as of recording this, at least, um, the logistics. I have an idea. Think of how I want to structure it, but we're still working out logistics, but that'll be fun you guys can vote on socials and then we'll declare a winner at the end of the week of who is the worst character in one chicago indeed yeah there are some worthy ones and i think i have an idea of who's gonna win but we'll see if there's any like you know underdogs in this for sure for sure so So yeah that's about it so in the meantime you guys have a good weekend get your submissions in get your wish list in um again we're off next week but we will be back the week after next so everybody have a good weekend and we will see you then bye